Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Bettsburgs. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me live from a beach bar, Mr. Andy Molitor. But it's an even more important day, people. It's not Friday. We usually save this for Friday. But Andy, you know what today is? It's time for Money in the Brank. <laughs> oh, man. And classic beats. Yeah, I don't have good signal out here on the beach, apparently. My camera went all wonky on me right away. And it's Money in the Brank. Oh, there I am. Look, I look like the bad guy from the Dark Knight there. Um, Frank is here. We're happy. It's been a while. And truthfully, like, baseball, it's kind of dead to me because – my Giants are losing. I bet the Phillies. Yeah. Do you guys remember that when I bet the Phillies to win the division? And then they lost like four straight games. <laughs> and, and also the, also the, the Braves just kept yeah. the Braves kept winning. Um, actually, that one has gotten tighter. tighter. I didn't check. I, I think the Dodgers are finally in first place now. So that, that hurts my heart. But I feel like yesterday went okay for that one. Did the Phillies lose? No, it was postponed. That's what we have. Dodgers Dodgers beat the Braves, and the Phillies were postponed, so they picked up half a game. So here we go, and I think someone in the chat says Esquite. Esquite. Esquite? You wouldn't understand. You're too old. I think somebody's just smashing keys. Like, I know what she's talking about. So (laughs) anyway, Frank, we'd be remiss if we didn't bug you about baseball a little, although baseball is kind of dead to us at this time of year. It's football season. Basketball's right around the corner, and you can bet some of those sports too, but you're still in baseball mode. And anytime weird stuff happens in leagues and stuff, I think about you who have spent so much time putting your baseball together. And, you know, just like September call-ups are kind of overblown. But like, does is it a pain in the ass, though, for like getting a getting numbers put together on some of these pitchers that are going to go that you haven't seen much? I mean, it's just that's what I'm asking. Is it a pain in the ass for you? Yeah, I mean, think about the Cubs, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, a lot of these teams. I, I pretty much play the avoid game. Like in an NFL game, I don't I don't know how you operate, but in general, I would think that you probably avoid the games that Brian Hoyer is going to start for a two and ten team or something. Right. Like there's really no reason for me to, to chase like Keegan Thompson versus Mitch Keller today for that. Why do you always have me on with Mitch Keller? How does this happen? You playing this? Uh, yes, like Pirates Cubs, like these can't, they're, they're actively trying to lose, right? So I, I, I don't really want to be betting into those situations. So my plays will, will generally reduce throughout the year. Like uh, I bet the Diamondbacks uh, a couple nights ago, I think they won. Uh, and like Zach Allen was pitching, he's a very good pitcher, right? So they're probably a little bit trying in those types of games. But on certain other days, I'm just not really going to make an attempt yeah i think they took one from the uh, uh from the padres the other day or i can't remember who they're playing the other night but yeah there are some really poopy teams um i think they yeah. were playing my fighting fills the other day and somebody says yeah baseball is over it ended yesterday it does suck <laughs> i hope the giants can get it going i do have some i know some people with some really nice giants bets i'm cheering for them but also me so yeah giants and phillies to win their divisions that's about all i'm cheering for at this point and then just the yankees and astros to lose in hilarious ways in the postseason would be good on top of that i always enjoy those fan bases kind of uh you know getting angry I used to love the Astros. I cashed a 12 to one world series bet on them. I tried to give the money back to the bookie because uh, of the cheating. They wouldn't take it. And that's just what kind of man I am. Oh, but yeah, it is still a full slate. What do we got again? Like, 
30-ish games left? Or what are we 32 doing? games left. Never ends. God, that's a lot. Honestly, mm. they should mm. maybe just think about cutting that off and just starting playoffs at this point. I do like yeah. I do like October though. So yeah, it does, it does run up a, like, here in a second, but as far as your volume. Can you no, hear me? go ahead? I was just gonna ask about your volume because of you. Yeah, you're talking well, not the volume of your voice, the volume of your bets. <laughs> as far as this, you know, you talked about so many shitty games because of this. Like, are you cutting back because of that? Just like you have so many like you mentioned my football and Alex, you do this in tennis too, where it's like, oh, this is a match that I'm not even gonna spend time on. This is a throwaway. Like I'm yeah. crossing it off and moving on. Yeah, I, like volume just goes down by pure happenstance right like if i could if every team i was trying and every team had a chance to be in or near the playoffs and all the teams are trying you know to make an attempt to to actually play then my volume would probably remain unchanged but unfortunately that's never going to be the case in any season and alex knows this with the nba right you're going to start to favor teams like last year's rockets just because they have some players and they're huge dogs and they're incentivized to lose and it's really hard to make decisions based on that and i would just rather not which just by doing that alone shortens your you know it cuts off five eight nine teams that you're not going to just bet alone now the expanded playoffs has i think helped this scenario right because i i think even like a team like the mariners who's competing for a chance to be in the playoffs right now maybe would have hedged on the side of without these wild card spots would have been like uh we're probably not going to get there Let's sell off some pieces. We can kind of maybe get lucky and sneak in. And if not, we're still set up better for next year, which will give us a much better chance to move forward. Um, so just by these playoff spots alone, I, that has widened the pool, I think, compared to, to you know previous years, you know, a few years ago when that when that didn't exist. But I still think it's, you know, you know, there's like eight or so unbettable teams probably, unless a situation like uh, when they Dimebacks played the Padres with a good start on the mound, Darvish has been horrible, right? So, like, there's opportunities maybe with plus 200 dogs with a decent pitcher on the mound that can kind of save you. But for the most part, I try not to play in those games as much as I can unless I kind of have a feeling on, you know, it's very subjective, I guess. But, uh, you know, I, I try to think, think like, okay, this number is going to go down. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the NBA sees the end of that is a lot like this. You have teams tanking, teams not really trying to do a whole lot of things. So what I tend to do is try to focus my attention on kind of like the postseason that's coming up. You know, we've got 30 games left. Have you started to look forward to, you know, what we're going to start to see in the playoffs? I, I know a couple of these positions are closed. You still have the Padres and Reds kind of fighting out that last wild card spot. And, you know, I don't want to throw out the A's who are two games behind the Red Sox or the Phillies that are two and a half games behind the wild card. But it seems like those things are starting to firm up a little bit. So have you turned your attention to the postseason? And if you have, you know, what do you kind of do to help prepare for that? Well, it's just really about pitching, right? Like that is sort of how the we, we've gotten smarter in the baseball community to be like, we should really load up on bullpen arms in the playoffs because we're down 3-1 early. We can just make a switch. And not only do you have a better chance of, going forward we saw i think it was the yankees a few years ago pulled um severino in the first inning and then came back and won the game uh, and the bullpen put up all zeros um you, you kind of see like okay this is our best chance but we're also saving a guy that's going to have to pitch every third day now instead of every, every fifth day in the playoffs and we kind of save some innings and it is what it is at this point so we've gotten teams getting smarter and i i think that's increased 
the reliance on pitching. Not only do you need three really good starters, but you need to have the bullpen behind them. And you look at a team like the Brewers. Uh, now, you know, they, they have an injury, potential injury issue going on there with one of their starters, but they have three really good starters and two absolute elite relievers and that's a really good way to win playoff games right because it's going to be cold in most places now they do play home games in a, in a, in a stadium or in, in an arena indoors um but for the most part it's going to be colder offenses are going to be down and pitching does get a little bit harder as season wears on but i feel like these guys sort of catch a second wind and we saw this with with the rays right like last season when they were um you know, more recently getting through into the playoffs and things. And you see just teams with, you know, Mass and Bumgarner did it, right? Like with just elite level pitching with bullpen arms that can sort of back it up. And, and it, it gets harder late in games to hit when when you have teams like that. So I try to focus more, you know, I'm still going to trust my numbers, but in the playoffs, you certainly have to wait in the idea of like, wow, this team has no bullpen down here and it could get really bad for them, especially when the pressure ramps up and you start to see tighter zones and more walks and that sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there anything from a hitting perspective? Because, you know, again, the casual way I kind of watch baseball, it seems like, and maybe it's just a small sample thing. You have a couple playoff guys from time to time that pop. I mean, the one that sticks into me as a Phillies fan, Matt Stairs was relevant for like a whole month <laughs> in the Phillies yeah. run up to the World Series, which, I mean, even as a Phillies fan, I haven't watched them all year, was mind blowing. Is there anything you can do to try to look for spots like that? Is there any kind of indicators you have in terms of a team like they're starting to hit well, they're starting to hit poorly, or is it just with small sample size? So I'm going to hold my nose and hope for the best. Well, to counteract, especially because of the three-pitcher rule now, I think to counteract what exactly what I was just talking about are teams that can platoon a lot. This is a bad example because they're you know a little bit under 500, but a team like the Tigers uh, that has a ton of switch hitters, Right, a team like that could could benefit in the playoffs. But other than that, it, like a lot of that's just shit luck, right? Like this guy got hot at the right time. <laughs> like, the Padres made all these trades, and everyone they brought over has been ter- Adam Fridge has been absolutely terrible, right? Like so many of these. The reason that they're back is that their trades they brought in. Guys got hurt, and guys are terrible. What do you do? It's like it's not really to their own fault. It's just. It, the pressure ramps up like Adam Frazier, maybe it's a little bit easier to hit in Pittsburgh where there's no expectations. And now you got to move to a whole way across the country and play in an environment that's a little bit crazier and a little bit higher stress and, you know, against different pitching. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, maybe it does get a little bit tougher. Most of these trades in general, outside of the Jorge Soler trade for the Braves, most of these trades, uh, Marte has been good for the A's, which they need, they needed him, but you know, like 25% of these trades are working out in ways that you would expect them to work out. And it's almost like the guys are getting traded. I think this is just natural that they end up selling really high on guys. Like you're not going to sell extremely low on somebody necessarily. They kind of did on Solaire uh, and that's worked out really good. But typically these guys are going to regress, right? Because they're having their best years when they're traded in general, yeah. like Adam Frazier. And then they hit back to their expectation of what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season or even, you know, in the off season or whatever it is. And they start to regress and moving, moving up the pressure and having more on your, on your side is a little bit tougher. So uh, from a hitting side, I, I, I think teams that can switch hit a lot, like a team like the Red Sox comes to mind where they don't have a lot of deficiencies against a certain platoon. Um, the Yankees probably before the Gallo and Rizzo trade would have been susceptible to right-handed pitching. Uh, pretty badly because they just have all big right-handed boppers. Uh, that could be an issue. Or if they were facing a pitcher or a team that didn't give up a lot of homers, right? Like that, that could be an issue. Uh, but in general, it, it's really just like who 
it's like having the hot goalie, right? Like what what three hitters are going to be hot or really cold that are going to nuke your postseason? We saw this um, in the short stints that the Pirates had in in the playoffs there for three years. Andrew McCutcheon was horrible. He didn't get any hits. Neil Walker didn't get any hits. You know, they, they would have won those series because they had great pitching, uh, but those guys just didn't hit the ball. I know, I know a little bit about Andrew McCutcheon not hitting the ball. Sounds familiar. Yeah, that's yeah. and it's funny too that Frank, the Frazier thing you brought up, the low expectations in Pittsburgh, something Frank's oddly familiar with, and it really wouldn't be an appearance without shitting on the Pirates a little. Although they didn't do anything hilarious yesterday, which is kind of breaks, <laughs> it breaks the streak. It breaks the streak of that. And yeah, um, tonight, what do you have for me to parlay with UNLV Moneyline tonight with my uh, my college? <laughs> Frank doesn't Frank has Frank even has a bonus college football pick after this, but yeah, Sox is a dog. Um, yeah. explain this to me like I'm five. Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez has been historically unlucky in this in this season. Now, this is like his stat line is almost something we would have seen last year with limited starts, like 12 starts or whatever they, they had last year for most of the guys. He's had 25 starts and his uh ERA is a run and a half worse than both his expected array and his FIP, which measure two very different things and have sort of come out at the same result. So uh, I play this around the 150 mark. It's down the 141, 139. I honestly would still play that number. It's a little bit worse, obviously. Uh, but he's just a lot better than than what this is. Now, Shane McClanahan going for the Rays, and the Rays were on a 9-1 and one streak. These are generally good spots to bet against, right? Like, the Rays are good, but they're not going to win 90% of their games and they're getting a lot of... Uh, juice in the market because of that and they're streaking right now and boston's kind of on the fritz and the yankees are trending in the right way now they're getting a pitcher on the mound that's been extremely unlucky maybe the most unlucky at least the most unlucky good pitcher uh of the mlb season who has pitched really well over the last month or so so uh, you know eduardo rodriguez is starting to get the luck on his side and he's every bit as good as shane mcclanahan is and boston like i said can hit anybody so uh, i think this is a good spot for for boston to sort of have a chance to back, bounce back at least much better than a plus 150 or plus 140 chance. Yeah. I like that too. The uh, it's almost like God, a couple people have, have phrased this much better than I, when you talk about the raise a team, a team has a range of values in the market. And when a team gets hot, they start to hit the top of their range. And when yeah. a team like that does hit the top of the range, it's the time to bet on them or excuse me against them. If you can find the right spot for him, especially if you can find a pitcher who probably is near the bottom of his range due to some unluckiness. So, yep, Red Sox parlayed with the running Rebels tonight. That probably pays about four to one, honestly. I'm gonna, I'll post that ticket later. But yeah, you actually you bet some college today too. Is this game tonight or this is a Saturday game? You have a Saturday game or what? This is Saturday. I think I only have. I, I might have a game tomorrow. Well, we can we can still talk. Yeah, I only have the I have Saturday game. I don't know. There's a few tomorrow too. There's there's like a handful. You have the North Carolina game tomorrow. All right, Saturday game though. A total for me to sweat. This probably starts early too. Jesus, this is a night game. Uh, let me check. September second today. This is tomorrow night, Frank. This is actually a Friday night game. It looks like. I don't know the days really. So, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Friday. Yeah, Friday nine p.m. Look at that. Even better. Put them off the <laughs> movie. Um. Michigan State, Northwestern, yeah. This total is kind of high. Like, this game has 2017 written all over it, maybe even less than that, like maybe 10-6. <laughs> like, these are two just absolutely terrible offenses. And, you know, this like Northwestern is coming out of a title 
game where they let it halftime against Ohio State. Granted, the, t- the talent sort of won out there, and their defense was one of the best in the country. Now, we had last year was tough, right? Because uh, we really only had conference games, so it's really hard to judge uh, a team that is only playing against bad offenses outside of one team, right? In in the Big Ten, but uh, I, I think everyone would would guess that Northwestern had one of the better defenses in the country last year, and they did lose a lot of guys, but. Michigan State has a quarterback thing going on. They don't know who's starting yet. Uh, they have a transfer from Temple that that might play, and a guy I think that's like a sophomore that that is one of their recruits. I, I don't. Nobody really knows what's going on there. They're not any good though. Like, I think that's pretty clear. Um, both these defenses are good though. Like it, they they play slow. They're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, Northwestern lost quarterback, and they're going with Hunter Johnson, which surprised a lot of people. He did not play. Last year for them, he was a, a Clemson transfer who was like highly recruited. Obviously, if you went Clemson as a quarterback, but two years ago when he played, he had a forty-six percent completion rate. Uh, yeah, it, it, it this is a very strange game. It's getting it's around the forty-six-ish number. It's a weird number to play an under because it is so low. But I mean, this is Big Ten football to the max here. This is going to be you know, like I said, sixteen ten. You know, something crazy. I don't think it'll be that low, but you, I would be more surprised um, at like a you know. 2030 final compared to a 1610 finals because these offenses are so bad and you know they, they're they're going with quarterbacks that haven't played and don't have any experience and again at least against decent defenses i i don't really see michigan state putting up very many points because pat fitzgerald is still a very good coach and northwestern has continued to turn out good defenses whether they're returning a lot of guys or not sounds like big yeah, 10 football lest we forget the uh, i was six to four win over penn state however many years ago that was <laughs> That was, and again, you've had the whole preseason. Frank's like, "Oh, this is a lot." And I get that there's a there's a reluctance to people to bet lower totals under. You've had the whole preseason to kind of desensitize, desensitize you to that betting like an under thirty two pregame <laughs> in, in the NFL. Like yeah. this is what the preseason gets you ready for. So Michigan State Northwestern under forty six Friday night action. Frank didn't know what day it was. I didn't know what day it is, but that is more fun. I usually just check that. on Monday, see how we did. Yeah, yeah, just go check the accounts on Monday. So, all right, appreciate you, Mr. Brank, Mr. Real Frank Brank on Twitter. Always a pleasure. Thanks Don't for coming confused. on and talking some baseball and football with us. And, yeah, go get some sushi. It seems like sushi day, right? Or is that tomorrow? At least for you. Look at you. You're on the beach. What? I just have no, really, no, no. Yeah, I'll just go have really shitty, uh, you know, strip mall sushi here. So, yeah, I've been in a grocery store. Man. It's honestly Pittsburgh's yeah. closer to the sea. I'm, I'm going to give you that. You got a lake there at least. So, all right, Frank, we'll catch you later. Thanks right. a lot, man. See you. See you, Frank. Love money in the bank. Uh, College football. Too. That's great. What Especially a fun surprise. This, I'm going to bet baseball now tonight. And yeah, there's also uh, the tournament in New York continues because luckily they're not playing it in the subways. There's it's amazing. But yeah, not not above ground right now where they're playing in Flushing. Yeah, hats off to the tournament organizers yesterday. They did a great job of putting the schedule in a way to get as many matches as done as possible. Hats off to Hurricane Ida for sliding a little bit further north than we thought. We got all the tennis in yesterday, Andy, despite hurricane conditions. Now today, the schedule makers have kind of messed with us because it is 10 minutes of noon as I'm talking right now. And for some reason, nine women's matches start the day at noon. Instead of mixing things up, they put the overwhelming majority of women's matches at noon, which means a couple of these picks start shortly. Uh, Siniakova, Zachary, this one will be one of the ones that start in about 10 minutes. 
over 20 and a half. Um, as I look at this match, the two of these women, very competitive, but playing a little bit sloppy. Zachary, a lot of double faults in her first match. Siniakova um, is famous for kind of falling apart and giving up sets 7 5, 7 6. I think there's a great chance we see a long first, if not a long second set, and even three sets here. But again, as I've mentioned a few times, just not loving the three set prices lately over the last month or so. I guess the market is caught up or something. So that one starts shortly. Try to get that one in. The money line also talk about, we'll jump to the bottom. Suwe Shea. Plus 170 against Sarasora Biztormo in the battle of three named women. Um, should be a fun match to watch, although you won't see a lot of the big power and spectacular hitting you're used to on even some of the better WATA players. Shea is someone who is generally very smart, tends to outthink her opponents, but plays a very interesting style of tennis. Tormo, kind of similar, generally a little more steady, not quite as crafty, but I think we'll see a lot of interesting rallies in this match. I have this much closer to even. I have Shea like plus 125, plus 130. So happy to take a swing here at her plus 170. Thought about a spread, something like that, but I think this is a match where she wins or probably honestly gets blown out. Um, there could be a match here where it's like 6-2, 6-2 Tormo, or you could have something like 6-0, 3-6-6-0 Tormo, something like that. So stay away from spreads. Just stick with the money line. But I see a decent chunk of value in that number. And then Bianca Andreescu is playing Lauren Davis. This one will be a little bit later. This one's not till 7 o'clock at night. So you got some time to get this one in. Um, over 20 games. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Um, Andreescu, I believe, has gone to three sets in like 65, almost 70% of her matches this year. Um, she's averaging a total around 24, 25 games in her matches. All of these have just been really long. You go back and look. Davis is a tough player. She's got the serve and game here to fight back and possibly steal a set here. But at over 20, it was happening to just take a swing here instead of trying to get clever again with the three-set price. So over 20 is fine. Over 20 and a half games, you want to play over 21 at plus money or less than standard juice? Go for it. Um, I like both of the overs here and the money line on Shea. So a couple plays against Sydney, Kova, Zachary, and Shea will get starting shortly. So hopefully we can get those in. And Andreas Davis, you got plenty of time. That'll be tonight. Perfect. Yeah, I'm especially interested in that uh, Andreescu over. I don't quite make uh, – I guess it, it's Lauren Davis still, but it's still 20. Yep. Like That should be like 20, 21 and a half. All right. Yeah, at least Win 21. total Wednesday on a Thursday. I didn't really – I didn't really have a lot. And now, now that we did a couple of these previews on the deep dive for the NFC West, it's like, man, why don't I have a 49ers ticket? And I think the biggest thing is that there's a bit of scariness with the quarterback situation, but Christ, the schedule is pathetic. Like Trey just, Lance season, even baby, if I'm the, ready. Even if, yeah, I'm ready for Trey Lance season, but you start off with a back-to-back where you're doing the smart thing and staying on the East Coast playing at Detroit, at Philly, two teams in kind of disarray. You have three three tough games probably on the schedule. Green Bay at home, Seattle on the road, and the Rams on the road. Uh, maybe the, the next level down would be at Tennessee and at Arizona. But other than that, you're, at, you're basically a field goal to a touchdown to you play Houston. Two touchdown favorites in every other game. I'm struggling to find a lot of scenarios – not involving massive injuries where they win fewer than 11. Like I have their average over 12. The more I run this, uh, not a lot of disadvantage spots in the schedule. So this is something I added. If you are really risk averse and I, I don't actually, I don't like this because there are places out there that have over 10 at like minus 170. I'm not a fan of, I, I don't think it's going to be close. 
if something bad happens to this team, the quarterback situation just doesn't work. It's not going to be, oh, lucky I bought that half game and we got the 10. It's going to be like, this is a six-win team because they are just cursed for injuries and the quarterback shit don't work. So I'm fine getting a plus number at over 10 and a half because I think if everything goes according to plan, this is maybe a 13-win team just based off a real soft schedule. And this line is actually from WinBet, our sponsor, where you can sign up and get your $500 risk-free bets at betsbirds.com slash winbet. That will be in the description on the YouTube. And with that, Alex. That's it. Let's, uh, let's call it a day. We'll be back tomorrow. Fun guest tomorrow. Better More be football. back. Better be here. More football is right.